Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Yeah, so good to be together and uh, to be able to fellowship across uh, the, the, the net. And uh, so, yeah, again, just uh, grateful to the guys in Durban and Pretoria and other churches around the country that are joining us. And uh, for those of you from the US of A, happy Independence Day. Come on, guys. Uh, The Lord has still got great things for your nation. So we we bless you on that as well. And uh, yeah, just uh, so uh, appreciate how the Lord has been coming through powerfully as we've been praying for particular people who've been uh, struggling with COVID, and uh, let's continue to fight this fight. It really is uh, an immense struggle, and uh, as we are in this level four lockdown, I want to encourage you, don't yield to fear. That's the big thing that everybody is working against. Yes, there's the physical things, but it's the spiritual battle, the emotional battle, and it's this whole thing around fear. I want to encourage you, hold your ground, hold steady, God's got you, he's got this, he's going to come through for you. So we want to be in a place of peace, really encourage you, step into Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace, and let's trust him that he's going to carry us through in these days. Yay, so good. Yeah, well, you know, uh, as we uh, gather together, it's great to worship, it's uh, opportunity for us in our homes just to set aside very specific time just to be with the Lord and as the family, but also really good for us to get into the Word, and the Word's going to encourage us uh, so powerfully this morning. So together we are in Romans chapter 8, and uh, we're going to pick it up from verse 18. So Romans 8 from verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope, for in this hope we were saved. But a hope that is seen is no hope at all. But if we hope, sorry, who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Now, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts 
knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Hallelujah. Just a powerful passage of Scripture that Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he's encouraging them to hold steady, even in the midst of great stress, trial, suffering, there's tremendous hardship that the people of God are facing. But in all of this, he's encouraging them that God is with them and he's working out his eternal purposes in the middle of all of the difficulty that they are facing. And I think that this is so encouraging for us because there's so many difficulties and hardships that each one of us are facing on so many different levels. You know, there's obviously the whole thing around the lockdown and the restriction of movement and being able to fellowship. And that thing with isolation is a big deal, people. We've got to actively work to engage with one another, that we don't yield to the pressure of actually being isolated and that we lose connection and fellowship and relationship with one another. And so, hey, there is technology. Let's use it for our benefit. And so we've, we're battling against isolation. We're battling against fear, as we've already noted. We're battling against financial pressures because the economy can't be operating as it normally would. And we're battling because there's so much that's going around on social media and informal media broadcasts that actually want us to embrace and buy into this idea that all is doomed and you know there's nothing good that can come out of this. And the scriptures, as Paul writes to the church in Rome, and they are suffering and they are facing incredible difficulty and hardship, and he's writing into that context and he's saying, God is bigger than the circumstance. In fact, God is causing all things to work together for good. Who's good? Our good, but also His good. Because God has got a big plan. And He's making sure that everything is going to turn around and come into alignment with His plan. And even if the enemy looks like he's gaining some kind of upper hand, you know, that he's uh, warring against the saints and the church is closed and oh, all this kind of stuff. Don't buy into that negativity. Let's strengthen ourselves by the living word. Jesus is the word. He's the living word. He is alive today. And he's speaking to us through the written word. Let's allow the words that come to us empowered by the Spirit of God to cause a strengthening to take place deep in the innermost parts of us, that we might hold on with great hope. You see, the scripture here says, if you've already received what you're looking for, you don't need hope because you've already got it. No, we have hope and we're holding on to hope because we do not yet see what God has promised for us. Can I get an amen? 
All right, so we're holding on to hope because we are contending for the things that we've been promised. We don't yet see these things, but they're on the way. And so God is giving to us this ingredient of hope that we might press in until we get the answer. All right, so good. So verse 18 talks about the fact that we consider our present sufferings, they are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Wow. Come on, just let that sink in a little bit. You think you've got a tough, and you might have, that everything is crumbling around you, and it might be, that what's going on in the country and all this contention about people changing their wardrobe for orange overalls and all these kinds of things that are swirling around and causing so much chaos and confusion. And we say, man, I'm suffering. You know, I, I want everything to be smooth and to work out. And, you know, what's going on? The prophetic words and the promises and all that we've been asking the Lord to do, we haven't seen it. You know, oh, gosh, we're going backwards. This present suffering, however difficult, challenging it may be, even going through the grieving process of losing loved ones, this present suffering does not compare in any way, shape, or form to the immense glory that we are going to participate in, the promise that we are going to partake, when Jesus returns, he makes all things new. So this present suffering compared to the future glory, you can't even compare it. So we endure these hardships as though we were a soldier in battle, and we're in this war, and we're fighting, and it's difficult, and all kinds of things, you know, there's, there's sweat, and there's blood, and there's tears, and all kinds of stuff, but we hold on as a true soldier, and we don't throw in the towel, but we get up, if we're knocked to the ground, we pick ourselves up, we get up, and we go for it again, yeah? So I want to encourage you. If you've had a couple of really big blows that have come your way in this week, I want to encourage you, in the name of the Lord, pick yourself up, stand on your feet, stay in the fight. God's got you, He's got this. And remember, we are looking forward to the eternal outcome. So if we suffer setbacks now, they temporary setbacks, God is going to cause us to experience the fullness of His victory, and we're going to participate in that. Oh, come on. Isn't that encouraging? Mm. Let's have a little drink to that. Paul goes on and he, he continues to, to say that, hey, all of creation is suffering. And in this time, in this season, we live in the now and the not yet. The now is that the kingdom is at hand. It's already broken into this world. The kingdom is already now. But there is also a component of the not yet. 
We do not yet see all of his enemies under his feet. We do not yet see everything coming into submission to the conformity of his will. And so we live in this in between the now and the not yet. The kingdom has come, but it is still coming. And this whole world, all of creation, is still groaning as it suffers under the weight and the burden of this process of the now and the not yet. And there's this friction and there's this tension and there's this groaning. And creation is waiting, longing for the sons of God to rise up into the fullness of their maturity into what God has called us to be and to do, to be those who bring the kingdom, expand the kingdom, enforce God's rule and reign on the earth, And so the creation is waiting, groaning, longing for the sons of God to step into the fullness of who they've been called to be. That's a whole other preach. Love to get into it at another time. But that's not really the focus of what we're on about today. But all is to say that creation is groaning. Creation is suffering. So we suffer. Creation suffers. And there's this groaning that goes on that takes place. All right, but how's about this? In verse 28, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. You see that groaning coming through again, but this is a different kind of groaning. Okay, we suffering, creation is suffering. Creation is groaning. Hey, but the Spirit also groans. But what kind of groans are those? Those are different kinds of groans, okay? And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I mean, are you getting that? This is just powerful stuff. The Holy Spirit is searching our hearts. Now, we're suffering We're groaning, and he's searching, and he's picking up on all of these tensions and these uh, difficulties that we're facing, and the, the heartache and the disappointment and the groaning that we go through. And the Spirit knows how to pick up on all these things. And he brings us, you know, the whole thing of interceding is bringing two parties together. And, and he's bringing us before the throne of God. And he's bringing the will of God because he's searching the heart and the mind of God the Father. God's will and purpose for our lives. And he's interceding that these two things would actually come into alignment that fit together. So our groaning, we, we, prayers with, you cannot even find the words. We can't even express how to pray properly. And that place of weakness and desperation, he carries us before the throne. And then he brings the plans and purposes and the will of God, and he brings them in an answer of prayer towards us as individuals, that God's will for our lives would actually be meshed into the circumstances we find ourselves in. This is mind-blowing stuff. God himself is praying for you. (laughs) Jesus is the great intercessor. 
He's interceding before the throne of God. So the Spirit and the Son are interceding and wanting the Father's will for our lives to actually be made manifest. And from this place of weakness and groaning, just like all creation is groaning, everything is suffering. Why? Because there's this, this tie, if you like, this bondage of sin and distortion that Jesus came to overturn, but it hasn't fully been made manifest every square inch of the planet. Not every knee has yet bowed. Not every tongue has yet confessed that he is Lord. And so in this clash of kingdoms, this, this rebellion against God's will, and then the, the mercy of God being released and being offered, and this clash, if you like, of kingdoms that's taking place, and we find ourselves caught up in this war and there's this groan that's going on and the suffering of creation, waiting, longing for the sons of God to step into the fullness of their purpose, their calling, which is to bring the kingdom. And in this place of weakness and longing for the kingdom to come, heaven on earth, that's what we pray. Come on, we're a supernatural believing people. We're believing for the supernatural to break into the natural and that the supernatural is above that realm, supersedes this realm. And so we're longing, looking for God's will and his purpose to be revealed in our lives and in the earth, in the economy, in the government, in the medical fraternity, in all of these things, anywhere and everywhere where there is chaos, where things have been bound up to a twisted, you know, uh, devastated condition. That's not heaven on earth. And so in this place of groaning, in this place of crying out, in this place of weakness, the Holy Spirit takes these prayers. He's searching all of the longings and the depths of our hearts, the devastation, the loss, all of these things, and he's bringing it before the Father, and he's causing the Father's will and our deep longings, our desperation, our weakness, all of these things, and he's causing them to pull together that his will, his purposes might triumph. Yeah? I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm so encouraged because when God prays, things happen. <laughs> when God steps into the picture, everything changes. And so we, we finish off here as I, I bring this message to a close here in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God. And the interesting thing about this passage is it can be translated, you know, that all things work together for good, but it could also be translated that in all things, God works together with those who love Him to bring about what is good. All of us who've been called according to His purpose. That God is at work. God is working. In all things, God works. Yay. And that God is working for good. For good. He's working to see goodness 
be established in your life. God is at work. And all things work together. The chaos, the difficulty, the hardship, God is bigger than that. Oh, clearly we can agree. The good things, the abundance, the harvest, the peace, you know, miracles, signs, wonders. Yes, those are working with God, for God. But you know what? He's so big that even the bad things, the negative things, the destructive things, he can turn that around and cause it to become used for good in our lives. So just because you've been taken a blow, just because there's been some difficulty and hardship, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't say, well, the devil's won and this is too big and you know we can't actually beat this thing. No, no, no. God is saying to us, He's praying with us, he's praying for us, he's interceding, and his will is going to come crashing into our lives. He's going to cause his good plans and purposes to be accomplished. And he is at work. He's working in your life. He's working in my life. He's working in your city. He's working in our neighborhood, he's working in our family, he's working in our finances, he's causing all things to pull together so that they might come into alignment with his plans and purposes. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm so encouraged because of who God is and what he's doing. So I want to pray with you right now. So I want to invite you wherever you are, just take a moment just to shut out all the other distractions. Just close your eyes right now. And let's just begin to ask the Lord just to release His peace into your heart. That He would quiet and He would silence all of the lies that are coming against you. All of the intimidation of the enemy would be neutralized in Jesus' name. And that the lie that says that God cannot fix this problem. We just blow that up right now. We say that is not true. Our God is able. He is mighty. He is powerful. He's stronger than anything that the enemy can throw at us. And so, Lord, we come to you. We just bring our families, we bring our situation, we bring our nation before you, we bring our health, we bring whatever turmoil that we're facing. We say, Lord, you are the one who calms the storm. Speak to the storm in our lives right now. Peace, be still. Pray for our hearts, Lord, that you would calm our hearts right now. That you would put hope, courage, encourage us. Put courage deep inside of us. That deep down, we would cling to the truth that all things 
will work together for good because you are a good God. Let peace reign in our hearts, in our homes, in our suburbs. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. Let the truth of this word, let it saturate your heart and your mind. We're going to close off our time together. We're just going to focus on the faithfulness, the goodness, the greatness of our God. So let's worship together. Let's focus on how good and faithful He is. Let's worship Him.